Great. Can you hear, can you hear me all right? Does everything sound okay to I you? I can, yeah. I, I can hear you pretty clear, considering sometimes I don't get great reception where I'm at. Um, um, but uh, it seems to be okay right now. Okay. So the podcast, you know, I don't really have a beginning, so we're kind of already in it. And, um, okay. and so like, I, I'm, I'm somebody who, um, I like to shoot skateboarding and I used to work at Skatopia. Um, and, uh, I've shoot, I've shot that was a, lot a fun of, park. Tell me about that. Did you ever go to Skatopia? Yeah, it was fun. The half pipe was gas. I know. Cause that was like one of the first half pipes we really kind of skated. Right. Right. Um, cause all of the newer par older parks, they were like little bowls and snake runs and stuff. So that was pretty fun. Cause it was an actual, you know, half pipe. It was, it was really fun. Yeah. No flat bottom on that thing. It was just drop in and you're on the next wall before you knew it. Yeah. It was super fun because it was like, you know infinity you could go for the longest time right um i remember skating there though in the heat it got pretty hot during midday on summer days and i remember a couple times we'd just have to take a break because it was just too hot oh it was brutal it's like a it's almost like a parabolic dish the way the half pipe you know yeah, half, yeah. right the sun when the sun hit that concrete it was just like it really reflected off of that but yeah it was a really fun park i know that i know hobie skateboard shot photos for ads of like weaver there and stuff right or weaver actually got photos in skateboarder magazine there i remember right. that they were pretty bright colors and yeah it was neat you know, before um, you were uh, a well-known skateboarder, like how did it start for you? You know, what, how, you know, what, what kind of skateboard did you, was your first one? Well, actually, um, we, my brothers were into making them in wood shop um, mm -hmm. at school. So that was kind of fun. But the first couple of boards my brothers brought home were Hobie skateboards, one Woody and then, one that I really loved was the uh, kind of spoon blue and white with a white one with a blue stripe down the middle. Mm -hmm. The board was kind of like a spoon type of shape, and it was super fun to skate. What would you guys So, basically, we were living, I was living in Northern California. I'm born and raised down here in San Diego, but we moved to Northern California, Marin County, and like at the end of my junior high school years. Mm-hmm. So when I got there to Marin, we were pretty far from the beach, but um, really missed like being at the beach. And I had actually been living in Hawaii too with my mom, and I was had learned to surf over there. And when I came back, my brother said we had skateboards. So anyway, just my brothers just drug them home one day, and I just kind of packed around. Uh, my younger brother really was the one who really taught me how to skateboard. He had, mm -hmm. he, he was a great skater, great stylist. And, um, so yeah, I just kind of followed after him. The first couple of times I got on a skateboard, I did the full whoop right <laughs> smack on your butt, you know? Yeah. Um, and I thought that is the stupidest thing. I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> but, yeah. um, 
I'd see my brother like surf skating and carving down the hill where we lived. And um, that's where it all started, riding streets with hills and just kind of surf skating them and trying right. to emulate the things we were seeing in the very first skateboarder magazine, things like that. So that was already out by the time you were experimenting with skateboards, skateboarder magazine. I think it might have had like, um, I remember getting the very first issue with Greg Weaver on the cover. Right. And that was, that was it. It was just our Bible, basically. Um, <laughs> we couldn't wait for the thing to come out, you know, because I think it was kind of like bi-monthly. It came out like every, when it first started, it didn't come out every month, but mm -hmm. we sure look forward to it coming out. That and then, of course, I also was also love getting the surfer magazine, the new ones. So right. Right. Yeah. They kind of went hand that was in a hand. Deal. I used to go to this really cool newsstand to get my ma magazines and it was fun to go running up there and getting the latest issue, you know, and that um, was in San Diego yeah. or was that up North? That was actually up North in Marin. So in Marin, uh-huh. Uh-huh. In Marin. Uh, my dad lived in uh, a little town called Greenbrae which is right next to Larkspur and um, it's over the Golden Gate. It's um, over the hill from Mill Valley, basically. Um, yeah, nestled at the um, uh, in the foothills there. Um, close to Mount, not close. Mill Valley is close to Mount Tamalpais, but okay. we had Mount Tam and then, yeah. So anyway, uh, my parents actually, my dad went to Cal Berkeley and graduated okay. in 52. And so my parents met in San Francisco in the old Fillmore days. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, going way back. My mom actually ran away from home uh, from the wine country in northern California. They're north of Marin in Sonoma County. And she ran away to San Francisco and ended up in the Tenderloin District running with all the jazz musicians. What a trip. So she had friends like, Thelonious Monk would come wow. home after been out of pubs drinking and they'd smoke and drink and play cards all night, you know? Oh my God. I'm, I, I love oh, jazz. Yeah. So my, parents, my parents were original like beatniks. Um, yeah, going way back. And they wow. went to the original Fillmore days and so they were running around San Francisco uh, early. Um, but my dad was down here in San Diego... After he went to Berkeley, all the boys in my dad's family and my grandfather served for 30-some-odd years in the military. Um, that's what you did after high school is you went to military first. Mm -hmm. So when he was in the military and whatnot, um, he, when he got out, then he went to Cal Berkeley because he used the GI Bill and the money from being in the military four years. I, yeah. Yeah, so almost all, my dad and another uncle and my grandfather were all Navy men, and then one of my uncles, two of my uncles were Army, so right. anyway, that's how my father's family came to the United States via, Guam has a really huge naval base, and they started letting local people apply to join the Navy with the GI Bill. Okay. And that's what my grandfather did. And that's how we came to the United States through the Navy. What an opportunity. Yeah. Oh, it was huge. Especially when my grandfather 
you know, my grandfather was a, he loved the Navy. He was in the Navy for 33 years on the big aircraft carriers. Yeah. He was a Navy man through and through and loved being on the big ships. And that was his whole life. He loved it. And um, they came to America through actually the big naval base in Virginia, Norfolk, Mm -hmm. which was really pretty radical for my dad. You know, back in those days, in those early days, my dad looked like a black person because he was an island person with really dark skin, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a hard place to be in Virginia, of all places. Yeah. um, Yeah. He had a charisma about him, and he got along with people. He was real social, and the girls loved him. He was, like, the most popular guy. He was a really good athlete. Mm. So he did all the team sports, and he was, like, the star quarterback, and he played basketball, and he did track and field. So he was um, – that's how he got everybody to kind of like him in the United States, um, coming from a tiny island. So um, That's so cool. That's, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he tells me when he first came on a Navy boat from the East Coast, they came in on a Navy boat. They came under the Golden Gate Bridge when they were building it, and he was a young young guy, you know, like 13, I think. Wow. Yeah, but a really good story. So I have a lot of, um, um, I've spent time, and I have two brothers. My brothers are in Northern California still. Mm-hmm. And, um, I came back down here on my own after high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but my brother stayed up there. I've got one brother that moved all the way up to Chico. And then I have another brother who lives way out in West Marin. And anyway, so, um, yeah, that's how, um, what was the name of the so brother? Roots as well, too. I have a nephew who lives in San Francisco and I used to have an aunt and uncle who lived there before they passed. And so I used to go to the city a lot. Um, back in when I even moved down here on my own, I still went up. Right. But getting back to skateboarding, that was like a whole flipping world going over to the big city to skateboard. Oh yeah. my God. And so you went from, but, you know, it, it, it was so fun and we never, we rarely, it was funny. We wouldn't see anybody else skateboarding. And if we did, we'd pull over and say, Hey, Where'd you buy that skateboard? <laughs> and what's your name? And where do you live? You know? Yeah. Because um, there was very, there wasn't that many people skating at all. And um, I can remember we were racing skateboards on Mount Tamalpais and the Grateful Dead and Van Morrison, Jefferson Starship, yeah. Santana. All those people lived up on Mount Tamalpais. Wow. And Jerry Garcia used to pass us in BMWs and flip us off and tell us to get off the road with our skateboards. <laughs> and we'd go, oh my God, it's Jerry the Dead. And he'd be all, fuck you. And we are like, we love you. <laughs> As he's flipping us off going down the road, we were like, oh my God, that was Jerry Garcia. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, we had, uh, there was a, yeah, it was kind of wild because, we had our own little clique. It's funny, a bunch of friends that I ran with that were skaters, two of the boys were twins, and they were from PB and grew up surfing blacks. Phenomenal surfers. Yep. And um, there was them, and then there was just all a, bu- a bunch of us that didn't work from Marin, but we were all from Southern California. It's kind of funny. We kind of grouped together and skated together and surfed together and hung out all our high school years, and it was our own little thing. Our own little world up there, yeah. How many, how many, do you remember any of the names of those people? 
Oh, yeah. Well, oh, sure. Well, one of the very first pro skaters I ever, ever met, and he was living up in Marin, um, is Ray Flores. Yes. And we're going to have a, we're going to, yeah, yeah, right. He's a great, he's a great, he would be a great person to do your bod- podcast with, actually. He's a man of many talents, because when I met him, he had, was living in Marin, and he was working a bicycle shop. And he talked the grumpy old owner in to get in a glass case with some skateboard stuff because the urethane wheel was coming back out and stuff, right? Cool. Wow. Yeah. So he had a little skateboard shop in the bike shop. And um, he ended up on the hill where we live and showed up. And he was the craziest guy. Me and my brothers looked at each other and we were like, oh my God, who is this guy? He was doing handstands down the street and everything. And we were like, whoa. <laughs> and he has a whole, he was so, uh, oh, he's a very overly enthusiastic dude. Yeah. And he was so stoked on skateboarding. And he was on the original Hobie team in the 60s. Anyway, he's a very bright man. He's a phenomenal musician. He is one of the very first real vegetarian vegans I met besides my godmother. Um, she was a vegan in the 60s, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but Ray was like on the whole vegan thing, like in the, this was like early seventies wow. so, or mid mid seventies. Right. Wow. So, but, um, he's also, um, he's just, yeah, he's a very interesting soul and he's very wise and he's, uh, he believes in the Hare Krishna religions. He, um, He's a pastor, I think, in... I heard that he's now a pastor, too, in the Mormon religion. Mm-hmm. But he is just a talented dude. He's a he's a great musician. He, he also can surf. He ran with all the Dogtown boys. He was like the original guy. I remember Russ Howell used to go... I remember he'd go on exhibitions to all the shopping centers and ride those GT plastic boards. Yeah, sure. Grand Tex or whatever they were. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he was doing that for like a couple of years touring. Well, he burnt out on it and kicked out of it. And then Ray took over and did it for a few years. Huh? Right. So Ray goes way back. He has a really deep history, way deeper history than me. He's just, I know him from when he lived up in Marin and, um, a friend of ours who's from there, um, he's kind of a nutwadded, but he ran around <laughs> with a camera and filmed everything. So he has phenomenal Super 8 footage, and then he also has great regular film, big film, you know, for the movie cameras. Um, yeah. He's documented a lot of stuff, and that's his buddy. That's how I met Ray was through him. Was The guy's name was John Malvino. Okay. He's a professional cameraman now, and he lives in L.A. up in by Hollywood. And um, okay. yeah. he has a skateboard film actually he made of us years ago up there, mm-hmm. and he actually showed it a long time ago. He's added to the film, and it's actually a phenomenal film. He's tried to more. Um, I don't know what he's ever going to do with it, but he showed it around town. And everybody liked the movie. It has some really great stuff in it. Um, anyway, he's a friend of Ray's, and um, well, we all knew each other from being up there. Um, 
there's the whole crew of guys we ran with had a little skateboard company. They called it Spacecrafts Skateboards, and they all we made homemade wood skateboards. And um, wow, some of my early pictures of me riding wood skateboards that are a little longer looking. Yeah, I rode like thirty four inches and thirty six inches. I liked a little longer wood board. Yeah, and those boards were handmade. We up in Marin by my friends. They were a couple twin brothers, like like I said. And uh, they owned a little skate shop, and then they made some little skates on the side. So, do you yeah. do you um, remember what kind of board you rode? You know, in the beginning, like was it a solid wood board, and do you remember the wheels or anything about it? Oh uh, yeah, well, we were riding the Hobie Woodies. Um, right, that's what you're saying. And then right. you know, right. we all had to have Cadillac wheels because Greg Weaver had them on the cover of Skateboarder magazine. So as soon as those were available to buy. I know right. that Ray got them in the skate shop, and they that sold the pockets. Loose ball bearing. Yeah, those had the ball bearings in them. Yep. Yeah, so when you lost, <laughs> that was so funny. The bolt would come off. I don't know right. why the bolt came loose, but then the wheel would go flying, and all the bearings. So you're picking <laughs> bearings up out of the street. Oh my God! I gotta find the bearings to put my <laughs> wheel back together. Uh, <laughs> It's funny. That's, That's the truth. That's the truth. That's what it, it, was. it was. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you go from riding around Marin County to like being uh, in, you know, the the limelight with skateboarding? What, what, what's that story? What well, happened? you know what? I came. Okay. So I had gone to, there was a couple ramps down in Santa Cruz by Aptos. We went down, rode those. Those generated some photos, early photos. Uh -huh. uh, the very first skate contest I went to was in Ventura, and it was a gas. Um, but through that, I was, um, I raced slalom. It was the first time I ever tried it. I didn't do all that great, but there wasn't that many girls, so I think I got, like, fourth place or something. Okay. Um, but through that, I got... Um, People started, I guess, talking about this girl from me and blah, 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 surf style, really good style, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, um, I ended up, I forget how I got an invitation to the Hang 10 Invitational at Carlsbad Skate Park. Wow, yeah. And uh, I had driven down there already a couple times and skated the park with all my friends from Marin. It was a ball. We had gas. Just love that little skate park. Yeah. Um, but I got to the Invitational, and they... Um, ABC Wild Roller Sports was filming it, and they had already done the little docu-series for the little, like, biography on Ellen O'Neill. They had yeah. her pegged as a girl who was going to win, right? Yeah. So I show up as a dark horse out of Northern California, and I blew her doors off. <laughs> <laughs> I just smoked her on the slalom course. It was a brand-new asphalt they laid down. Super, super fun. I think um, up until I got to the final, I, I was doing my practice runs the day before, and the vice president of Hobie Skateboards came up to the top of the hill, and I was up there, and I was pretty quiet and shy, but I was skating my practice runs, and he walked up to me, and he introduced himself, and he said, you know, I was wondering, I would like to sign you as a Hobie Skateboard team member, wow. and I just looked at him, and I was like, wow, I go, you mean the same team that Greg Weaver writes <laughs> and he's like, yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, are you serious? He's all, <laughs> Totally serious. 
so I got a little salary from them. Um, That's awesome. They gave me a t-shirt on the hill. So by the time the final run came, I had a Hobie t-shirt on. And um, that was fun winning the slalom. And then um, I ended up going over to Catalina twice and racing and, and working with ABC Wildwood Sports. Mm -hmm. They remembered me from Hang 10. Mm -hmm. um, the first year I went, I won. The second year, I was also winning. I blew, you know, I was racing against Deanna Calkins, and I left her like halfway up the course. Yeah, I and threw I it my, my yeah. cone. I went to crouch down and kind of get down in a crouch position to go across the finish line. Yeah. And my glove got caught under my front wheel, and I fell oh yeah yeah 50 feet from the finish line and deanna came finally came up and passed me and won and i was like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so when i went to dinner again both times on the island abc wide world of sports took me to dinner well why was the joke of the dinner that night it was awful <laughs> well, because of the glove because of the glove yeah, they were like, oh, and Kim does it on, and it was on film. I was oh, like, oh, my God. That's brutal. That's, that's why everybody's, everybody began to cut their fingers off the gloves, just be, for that reason. Yeah, well, I did end up getting gloves with no fingers after that. Yeah. <laughs> but I will tell you, Catalina Classic, the first year they had it, the downhill course was totally out of control it was nuts oh i was like i never saw such bad carnage in my life <laughs> i was watching the guys so they were just and i was like are you guys they were down you know after they fall i was on the side of the course a couple times i'm like are you okay are you sure you want to do this and they're like shut up and i was like oh my god you guys are crazy you could hurt yourself <laughs> but you were doing it weren't you I did, but I, that was before that, and I it only took one a fall at a really high speed to where I was like, you know what, wait a minute, if I keep going like this, I'm going to end up, you know, injuring my body badly, and I won't be able to do it at all. Yeah, yeah, you'd be. <laughs> so that doesn't make sense. So let's not do that. Yeah, and that's where it ended. Yeah. So then, and then I stumbled into slalom, which was, and I love giant slalom. Um, the courses were just huge and super fast, but there was an art form to that and learning how to use your turns to slow yourself down, coming into cones and things. Mm -hmm. There was a real fine art to it. And once you kind of sucked into that magic line um, and you just connected into it, everything, it was like magic. It was, it was really a fun rush, uh, super fun. Is that like uh, surfing a big wave in some way or is it a different thing? No, I think, no, surfing is more individual and more um, art form to me, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And slalom racing, just like slalom racing and skiing, it's all against the clock. It's all about the clock in seconds, you know? Right. So, um, it's a whole different animal, the speed thing. And um, it's like I watched the women's uh world cup downhill racers yeah like michaela schifrin and those girls it's pretty gnarly what they do and they're booking they're it's actually wild how fast they're going right um and um so it's that it's a different kind of adrenaline it's more of an adrenaline rush and you, that's very addictive you know what right. I mean? of course um, of course 
And then that's kind of like in a lot of types of sports, like even motorcycle racing or car racing. Um, I really like that duo thing they're starting to do again in the X Games where it's they've put it on a course now and there's ramps and street stuff, but you're racing another person. Right, right. So you're yeah. going through obstacles, and they call it like skater cross or something? Yeah, that's, exa that's exactly fun. it. That's exactly it, yeah. Yeah. No, that whole thing, see, that kind of race, that kind of skating is really geared towards the Olympics. It's very head-on, and it's, people can relate to a race, you know what I mean? True. Um, be, whereas where if you're watching people, like, ride, pools and stuff it's really cool to see what they're doing but yeah you're not really you don't see all the intricate things of the naked eye that you would see being a skater you know what i mean right one's um, for skaters to watch and the other one's for everybody to watch yeah where a lot of people will normal people won't even know what you're talking about but exactly. the thing about racing see now everybody can relate to that Right. It's head on, and you can see who's winning and who's losing. You know what I mean? That's so true. everybody loves a good race, you know. And there's, you know, that's everybody loves a great race. Why not? Oh, that's it's true. Fun. That's because it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. You I mean, talked you know, about it's the same way in track and field. It's the same way, and it's just yeah. So I think something like skater cross is very conducive to the Olympics. Um, just like like they're trying to do surfing in the Olympics. Right. Uh, I think it's okay, but I think the only way it works is somewhere like Kelly's wave pool, where the same wave is everybody's wave. Whereas I hear talks about doing opening it up to like Chopu, and I'm like, you know what? There are people from other countries who barely know how to stand up. You can't throw them into Chopu. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, 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 let's go back to Kelly's wave pool, and then it'll all be even and across the board, and it'll be the same wave over and over again, so everybody has the same chance, you know? Right, um, right. I think, like, opening the Olympics up to something like that, I think, uh, seriously, people are going to get hurt, period. Period. Right, right. Not, That's probably not true. Mess with. Yeah. You, you know, you were talking about Hang Ten, and you're talking about Catalina. Like, who else, you know, was on the deck back then? I mean, uh, I'm always interested in timelines. So, like, do you remember other girls that were there, or do you remember other skaters, or or photographers? Well, yeah, I mean, the whole everybody that was there on their separate teams, and contests were all the thing where. You know, you came together and, you know, uh, did your best. And that's really how you built your name. Yeah. You know, Tony Alva and Jay, those guys were doing slalom and stuff. Yeah. And downhill, even though they weren't great freestyle skaters. Right. But then once the pool, you know. Um, but there's so many people. You go, it's just the 70s, really. Um, you know, because then you had a whole other breed of guys that were slalom racers. That's right. all they did. That's all they did, and, yeah. Bobby Piercy, Tommy Ryan, Bobby Skolberg, Henry Hester, all those cats, they were all the real deal. When you go watch them race, it's pretty badass what they're doing. They're right. hauling ass. Right. Period. Hauling ass. It was really right. pretty wild. It, I used to go to the top of the hill when the men would race to say, I got to go up the men are on, and uh, this is the real deal. This is where, this is where the money is. <laughs> Put your money on the line, and let's go see what <laughs> these guys do. And it was super fun. Um, yeah. You know, Bobby Piercy and Tommy and all those guys, they were so good and so fast. It was, um, and the boards, you know, I was riding boards that were handmade 
Turner summer skis and I put Hobie skateboards on them. Yeah. Stickers. Yeah. Um, because Bobby Turner made the best racing skateboards and he was so far ahead of his time. And he was just another phenomenal, talented person in the world of skateboarding. He had been in, he's been making surfboards forever. He was a accomplished flamenco player, guitar, when computers came out, he was computer whiz. He was just a brilliant genius dude. He was very artistic. I mean, he, um, he could race motocross. Anyway, um, Bobby would make my homemade skate racing skates. And, but the team that he had was the best. And I don't think anybody ever, you couldn't outdo Bobby Piercy and, Tommy Ryan, but you know, in racing with anything, everybody has their day, you know? Right. Right. Even with skateboarding pools and stuff. Right. Everybody has their day and has their moment. The same person doesn't win all the time. Right. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Which is okay. That's just the way the world is. That's it. You were talking um, about how you got a, I'm sorry, you are talking about how you got a salary and I, I didn't know that they paid, uh, you know, uh, I, I photographed a lot of uh, women skaters, and I didn't know that they were paying women back then to skate. Yeah, well, you know, that's the thing. The salary team um, was basically dissolved <coughs> in the late, early 80s, I want to say. And then they try to keep it alive and they cut our whole team off and cut the salaries, obviously. And so there was just a certain core people on that team. And they were myself, Greg Weaver, Mike Weed, Skitch Hitchcock, Bob Skolberg, um, Stephen Ship, and Ed Nedlin and Garrett um, Hitchcock. Okay. And we were the only people being paid. Then when that team was dissolved and salaries were taken away, they still tried to have a Hobie team, and all of a sudden, people like, um, they were just handing out t-shirts and skateboard stickers and mm -hmm. just regular decks with no model name on them. Mm -hmm. And people like Eddie Elgara, Vicky Vickers, Dwayne Peters, those people were Hobie riders then. And so they weren't the salary team. Um, okay. But the main team... That was salary was who I just named. And, um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Anywho, that's interesting. Um, well, that's very interesting. Um, it's very interesting. Cause I don't, you know, like, um, I don't really know Vicki Vickers that well. I think I skated with her once Yeah, and she has one good move basically. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, and then right. I skated, I knew who Eddie Elgara was, but never really met him. And then I knew Dwayne deep because he, he used to slalom race and crossover. So I'd see him at slalom races and stuff. Right. So I kind of knew who Dwayne was, but Dwayne at that point was starting to take off on his own anyway. Right. And getting into the heavy crunk rock and all that stuff, right? Yeah. So, That's cool. And that you was know, your, and then there's teams, yeah. there was a whole 60s Hobie team before even my team. Okay. That um, was very, the 60s had a pretty good sized skateboard team too. And I know Ray Flores, Chris Dawson, John Freeze, a bunch of guys were on it. Um, um, yeah. 
That's but cool. I think the the girls that I skated with, there was only a core group of us, really, and yeah. they're still friends of mine today. Who was that? So myself, Laura Thornhill, Robin Logan, Ellen Berryman, um, Ellen O'Neill, uh, Robin Alloway, the Kathy Bromeister, the Logan Ersky girls, all them. Um, there was one girl I used to race slalom against who was really good, and she doesn't get mentioned much. And I don't know. I've brought it up to the Skateboarding Hall of Fame because there's girls that have won that came after her. Yeah. But her name was Terry Brown, and she rode for Santa Cruz Skateboard. She was a really good racer. Terry Brown. So, yeah, Terry Brown and John Hudson, those guys were the racers from Santa Cruz team, and they were good. Um, but anyway, the girls, I mean, I, um, myself and Laura and Robin, we all have stayed in touch. You know, we all had kids. We all know our kids and raised our kids. And, um, back in the, back in the day, them, you know, back in the day, who were you worried about if you had to go to a skate contest, you know, like what girls did you think? Oh, oh man, she's here, you know? Oh, Terry Brown. Definitely Terry Brown. We went back and forth. She'd win, then I'd lose. Then I'd win, she'd lose. So, okay. yeah. Um, we went, actually, I saw, the last time I saw Terry Brown, um, they did a skateboard race in Catalina. Yeah. I want to say it was like around 2005 or six or something like that. Yeah. And it wasn't on the regular road. It was up by the um, botanical gardens on this wicked road. And it was the fastest uh, slalom course I've ever seen. And I saw falls that, I, I mean, I, I was surprised people even got back up. It was that bad. They were going that fast. Wow. The men, it was nuts how fast the men were gone. So me and Terry Brown were the only girls there, I think. And we had cranked our bolts down so tight against our wheels because we were going too fast and we needed to slow down. Right. Um, literally, the wheels weren't even spinning on our trucks, and we still were going hauls out. Oh, my nuts. God. Wow. It was nuts. And Terry fell, I remember that, and she had, like, strawberries everywhere, oh. palms of her hands, her elbows, her knees. Her thigh, her hip, you know, it was oh, bad. Yeah. Her young kids were there, and they kind of freaked out, actually. Sure. And we had to talk her kids down, and, she, you know, they were really freaked out because, you know, she had cuts and bleeding, and it was just like, it wasn't pretty. Oh, yeah. So I looked at her, and I went, God, this is nuts. Anyway, I don't know how I got through that weekend. I remember my son was pretty young. He was only like... 10 or 11 mm -hmm. and he got on a little custom handmade turner board that was way too fast and he'd never even done slalom and he fell going pretty fast freaked me out freaked him out yeah crying and screaming and i'm like oh my god i was like oh my god what am i doing like, what am i doing so <laughs> i felt really bad so i said listen because he was trying to ride the regular course. And I said, and there was another kid who was racing Turner Summer Ski Boards. He was a little kid named Dylan. And he was like the hot kid, right? Well, okay. that's all he did. My son had never even been on a slalom board. Yeah. He's a really good surfer, right? Well, yeah. anyway, he fell. So I finally, I took him away. And he was really frustrated because he wanted to be like the kid on the course. True. But I said, listen, you know what? Here's the deal. 
you can't just jump. It's not a video game, son. You can't just jump on it and do what he's doing. He had to learn on a small hill first. Yeah. You got to learn the basics first. Yeah. So I took him off like a couple streets away and made our own course. I made a small course for him to learn, just right. to learn how to, you know, turn and break into the turn and stuff a little bit. Because yeah. he was, uh, he needed to slow down to learn that, but. Yeah, he had fun, and but once he did fall, he was kind of over it. And sure. He's a <laughs> How great can you blame him? Skater now, actually, he's a good little skater riding those double end boards, and then but he's a he's a better surfer. Um, but um, yeah, that was like his first time into my skateboarding world. He didn't really know what who I was in skateboarding. I basically <laughs> raised him up in the islands, and you know we just weren't around skateboarding when he was little. Yeah. But, um, now yeah. goes, but, um, Where would you go to um, do, you know, transition skateboarding? Oh, well, that was the other thing. We were on the constant hunt for any reservoir, water duck, downhill runs, mm -hmm. long runs, anything we could find, pools. Mm -hmm. We had this swim club in town. It was a horrible square pool. Mm -hmm. super deep and dangerous it was so dangerous it was the stupidest thing yeah square poles yeah. just don't work i don't care what anybody says <laughs> anyway <laughs> but it was around the corner from where we lived yeah and we broke in and we started riding it that's the first pool i ever rode and um the second pool i rode i went down to see kevin reed He's a phenomenal early surfer from Santa Cruz and a great, he rode longboard handmade skateboards. He ripped on them. Yeah. He took me to this pool called the Blue Pool in Santa Cruz. Okay. And um, that was the smoothest, best pool I ever rode. It's so mm. fun. Mm. Yeah. And that was the beginning of pool riding. So my, my first days was in this horrible square pool at a, and it was in Marin. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I have, um, yeah, <laughs> crazy. Do you, we do you, talk, you came with this guy who was, um, he was from Mill Valley and he was like more like a pro skier. Yeah. So he could ski like slalom race parallel on the board really good. Yeah. But he was also phenomenal in that square pool. And huh. he was one of the original young guys in the 70s to climb uh, the dome uh, rock climbing uh, without any ropes. Wow. And yeah, he was pretty gnarly. His name was Nick Van Creek. Anyway, he's also in that skateboard film that my friend made, but um, he was from Mill Valley. He was a different dude, but very, he was riding, he rode the pools and stuff with us, but he had a totally different style, but still he did some pretty radical, crazy stuff. Right, right. So he was somebody that, a, who, else, who else stood out for you when you were there riding transition it was just you and your crew, or were, did you ever run into other yeah, people? Yeah, I mean, or? really, it was. It was just me and all of our friends in Marin and Ray Flores would pal around. And yep. I remember we found, Ray found this, I'm not sure where he went. If you went to the city planning office or whatever and looked at maps and found aqueducts, water, aqueducts. Yeah. yeah. So there was this reservoir spillway in Marin, up, and you had to hike into it. And it was definitely gay, you know, big fences and barbed wire. We still climbed it. It was super rough, but it was super fast and it didn't have any transition and had the kink. Oh, that was one of the biggest high speed reservoirs we ever rode. Oh, right man. Off the you, you wouldn't want to fall on that. That sounds like cheese grater. 
I was fully. Yeah, you, we got chewed up pretty bad. Pads just got flying. And, yeah. But, I mean, we just basically did a lot more. Their pools weren't easy to find, you know, because nobody, nobody emptied skate pools to ride them. You ruin them, you know? Yeah. So, anytime there, but I mean, really, we were always chasing after big hills and just any kind of transition to try to skate, go over San Francisco, ride anything. There's tons of cement everywhere. Um, but, uh, and then when skate parks started coming around, that's right at when pools, we were trying to, you know, find yeah. pools. And, yeah. Um, I remember coming when I first moved back down to Southern Cali by myself. I went up and skated the fruit bowl a bunch of times in Anaheim, and yep. Jay Adams and Tony and all those guys were there, and Greg Weaver. Yeah, that was pretty fun. And then the skate park, like uh, the Marina Del Rey uh, pool, that was a super fun pool. Yep. And then Upland was pretty fun to try the half pot, the whole round pipe. Yep. And the combi was jugging. Uh, that thing was gnarly. The speed line into it. Oh, you're a hauling ass into yeah. the pipe. It was gnarly. Yeah. But super fun. <laughs> right. But you paid your dues if you fell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm actually... I actually came away from skating with not too bad of injuries. I was really lucky. Any broken bones? I broke over the one bone you don't ever want to break in your wrist, and it's the smallest bone. It's kind of shaped like a peanut. It's mm -hmm. in your wrist, and both your main blood vessels go through it. Okay. It's called a navicular bone. Anyway, when you break it, because those blood vessels are in it, it's, mm -hmm. it's pulsing. It doesn't ever heal back up. And I think Robin Logan had a cast for like two years. Wow. Hers. And then I had one. I wore mine on and off for almost a year, and it never really healed. Um, the doctor talked about going in and cutting a piece of bone off my hip, yeah. and grafting it to it, and I sure. went, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I go, I'm not going to do that. I go, no, 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 no. I'm good. That doesn't matter. I go, no, no, no. So it never really fully healed, but it kind of healed. And the only time it bothers me, like, in the winter when I'm surfing and the cold wind kicks up mm -hmm. and the water's cold, mm -hmm. I get kind of the bone aches then a little bit with it, but I, never, I, don't, yeah. I don't think it ever healed hundred percent. Wow. Wow. That's, that's not, yeah. that's not bad. That's not bad. One. Not bad at all. Considering. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, I had a lot of, get a lot of like falling and bouncing. <laughs> right. You know, it's probably, I'm paying for it, you know, and I actually was thinking about that the other day because surfing, I'm kind of slowing down a little bit, you know, I'm not young, but um, I was thinking, you know, I'm really lucky I'm able to still surf after skateboarding and pounding the cement all those years. Yep, that's true. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I, um, well, women get osteoporosis anyway with the bones as they get older and the bones get more hollow and slow down. And yeah. So, in that respect, I've been pretty lucky. I think the whole thing is you just have to keep moving as much as you can. I agree. I think activity, uh, I have arthritis, and acti activity works better than anything, I believe. Um, it's just, just as whatever you do. I definitely gravitate towards things, obviously, at my age, that are a little easier on the body, like riding a bicycle is good yep. for the joints. 
Yep. And then, of course, surfing. I mean, you know, it's kind of a nut lot out there, too. It's crowded and being aggressive and crowded. It's not a lot of fun, <laughs> but still. Every once in a while, you hook one yourself, and it's worth it, and it makes your day. But I think mostly I'm just moving and paddling around and trying to just stay young, really. Uh, yeah. I don't know how long it'll last. <laughs> yeah. I do feel like there's times where, like, yesterday I was surfing, and we've had some... Pretty good size south swell kind of filling in. We had these rogue sets coming in that were swinging super wide, and I've surfed this spot for years, and I know that it does that. Yeah. But one caught me, and I didn't get around it, so I had to duck dive the damn thing. And uh, so I'm under the water, yeah. and I'm getting like slammed by the wave, and I'm getting ragged all around. I'm like, huh, I haven't oh. in a while. And then I came up spitting water, but I was like, man, that felt really good. But gosh, that's really <laughs> hard to do now. <laughs> That's probably good for you, though, don't you think? Well, and I'm, I was like, oh, i got to sit here and catch my breath. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, but, I mean, I'm still, you know, I, I don't know how many years I've left surfing, but I figured that's when I end up retiring to the islands and find a little cove to swim in and swim. Yes, you always have to move. Uh, when when did it and uh, when did you sort of hang up skateboarding or did you? Yeah, I mean skateboarding kind of. I kind of hung it up towards like around. I don't know. It was like eighty two, eighty three, something yeah. like that. Yeah, eighty four. Yeah, I guess it was more like eight, uh, I want to say more like eighty four, eighty five. Because I okay. did put in over ten years of skating. So yeah. Um, and I started in the mid seventies, so about the mid eighties, but even in the mid eighties at that point, I was surfing a lot, started yeah. surfing a lot more. And I just went back to that and I realized how much I really missed it. Yeah. And, uh, then I just was just doing, that was just all I was doing. Yeah. And just wasn't skating anymore. Skating kind of died off in the mid eighties. I just took a dive and, yep. you know, skating for women too. There never was a lot of money in it ever for women. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we just got, you know, a couple dimes and nickels here and there. Mm -hmm. I was lucky. Right. I got to travel, but I mean, um, and my salary was really meager. I think it was only, I made like $300 a month, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it wasn't like, I was slaying money compared to the boys. A lot of the guys are making, you know, yeah. Well, like, well, you know, Greg Weaver, he's one that got really ripped off. Hobie ripped him off, didn't pay him for his model like he was supposed to be paid. Oh, okay. Blah, 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 you know. It's kind of yeah. like the same thing you see, like, what just happened with John Florence. Had a $12 oh. million dollar contract with Hurley. Yep. Walked away with only two mil and let wow. the ten go. So that's wow. common in skipping and surfing. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you any, know, any artist. Few are, yeah. Yeah. Select few are making money. But. Right. But you guys don't but do I'm it. I'm competitive. I, I think that, um, you know, like what Kelly Slater's done to be a champion world champ 11 times, but still, even in his first probably eight titles he didn't really he had the game so wired and nobody could catch him you know what i mean yeah but now i mean it's amazing he's still even on the world tour and he's still surfing really good i mean right. it's crazy 
Right. Yeah. Do Do you ever think about skateboarding? Do you ever have skateboarding dreams, or or is it just something that's just done? I know. Once in a while, I'll remember. I'll think of a time I was doing something. Um. There was a little reservoir at Del Mar Skate Park Ranch. Yeah. I swear, if I had that in my backyard, I would ride it. Because <laughs> it was so fun. Yeah. But I see these, there's a couple guys in town that have electric skateboards. Yeah. And they're hauling ass everywhere on them. Right. And they're like longboards, and they're flying through traffic and everything. And I'm like, what is that? Where can yeah. I get one of those? How much are those? <laughs> Maybe yeah. you find the price out, and you're like, oh, well, maybe I don't want one that bad. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to follow up. My either. friend and I that I've been surfing with since the early 80s, she moved up from, she moved away from North County here in San Diego, and she moved up to Orange County, so she surfs uppers every day. But yeah. So I go up and I surf with her sometimes, and we have our old bikes with, surf racks mine doesn't even have brakes so i'm putting my feet down and it's an old school schwinn it's got like two speeds on it but anyway when we're done surfing we have to go back and we're pushing the bikes through the sand first oh. get back to the trail then we get to the trail and we're like putzing along like two old ladies and everybody's just flying by us on electrical bikes and i look <laughs> at my friend and i'm like are we doing something wrong here? She's like, I'm not getting one of those fucking bikes. I don't care how easy it is. It's fucking, I'm over this easy shit. I'm like, I know, right? I go, we sure had it hard, didn't we? <laughs> so we laugh, we laugh, we laugh. We just walk, we stop, we sit, we chat, we pick flowers, then we like walk a little more, and we're like, geez, are we ever going to get back to the car? <laughs> anyway... That sounds like yeah, a good we were, time to me. It is, but we were refusing to get the che We call them cheater bikes. Those are right. cheater bikes. You can't have a cheater bike. Yeah, everybody I know, they have those. And and I think the people that ha that can afford that, they're the people that they really shouldn't have that. You know, they should be pedaling. <laughs> well, you know what I don't like about them? Because I've ridden motorcycles my whole life, too, right? Yep. I think the motorcycle's safer because you can hear it. You know, at least you can hear the That's engine. That's true. That's true. I have people come up on me on those electric bikes in my car all the time. You can't hear them, and you don't see them. That's true. And, um, right. right. So anyway, I, I think they're, yeah, I don't know. They're just kind of too quiet. Cheater bikes. I like that. But I think motorcycles are funner anyway, you know. Sure. Well, yeah, of course. I think some kind of... <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That that and and that's and that's where it stands for you. Is you still surf and you, and um, you know, I, I got to get a photograph from you, either of, it, you. You have to send me something so I can put it on this podcast. But um, I was just really curious. Well, I have a surf picture. That's fine. It doesn't matter. On my Instagram page. Okay, take that. Yeah, Use I that actually one. don't. Yeah. I actually, um, it just has a photo credit with it that I just met, you know, you can take any picture off my Instagram. I don't care, okay. but like, there are a couple on there that need the photo credit, like, uh, the one from William Sharp images, which is in the back in the day book. 
And then Arto Sari took a photo of me for the Vogue magazine shoot I did a few years ago. And so that needs to have a credit because that's a really nice photo. Okay. It's just doing a low, like, turn, like, weaver-like turn. Yeah. I just have a white T-shirt on and jeans. Yeah. Uh, but that's an Arto, Arto Sari shot. So I, my most, I don't mind that you use them off of there. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I just want to make sure that you put the photo credits with it. Yeah, I'll, I'll contact you before I put it up and make sure that, you know, that it's correct. What I'll do is I'll just text them to you um, okay. or forward them to you. And then, um, yeah, but there's like three of them. There's only one surf. I don't have many surf photos of me. Right. Um, but I have one picture on there that's um, a local friend here took. And um, anyway, but um, I'll send yeah. that one off. I want like photos. one really bitching picture of you that'd be great and then and and you know i have a final question for you um sure. and that is you know what if you even ever think about it i mean what do you feel uh the future is for women skateboarding well first i'm going to say is that there are some girls skating that are really really good i mean well sky brown for a little girl she's just amazing and she's going to take skateboarding pretty far and she should be that person because she's so good right um she's just got she's got the whole package you know what i mean she's very choreographed and she's really cute and that's great but i also really really like um what is that girl's name she rides for bands long brown hair but lizzie armato is really good i like her but um there's another little girl who's younger than her you, uh, you're talking about jordan barrett or uh or um no not jordan uh, uh, i think her last name is like hearst or something what's her last name uh is she hearst or something anyway she's a pole rider and she's got long brown hair kind of irish looking girl she's okay. really good and she rides for bands okay with Lizzie, but um, I saw her riding, I saw some footage of her riding a pool. I really liked her. Jordan Barrett is really good. She's our local, like, little hero here. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but I'm really not that knowledgeable. Um, well, I mean, more of like, what, what advice could you give them? You know, because you were, it's still, it's still a male-dominated sport. I don't know if that was a Absolutely. Factor. It's always going to be a male-dominated sport. That you have to understand. You Actually, you know, for me personally, being in surfing and skateboarding, I came to terms with that at a very young age and realized, you know what, it's a man's world, and that's just the way it is. And you need to learn to really kind of ride around it. Mm -hmm. That's really what I did. I did it in a way where I didn't want to bring attention to myself either. I kind of was quiet and in the background, and that worked for me. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted to do these really fun things that girls weren't supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. So I had to go about it in a very civil way, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, I think that women's skateboarding, I think that pro sports, I think that the thing about it, it's a very short pro kind of life, um, especially mm -hmm. for women. Mm -hmm. women get older and get to an age where they settle down and they have children and they get married and they move on and that's what women do um whereas the boys you know guys are still skating that i was skating with back in the day they're still skating now which is totally 
crazy, if you ask me. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. I think yeah. they're completely nuts, but they pull it off. <laughs> like Steve Olson, for one. Like, I'm like, oh my God, Stevie, what are you doing? And I love the guy, right? I yeah. love the guy. But I love characters like him in skateboarding. Because it's a very, they keep it colorful, and um, it's not all... When, uh, when's the last time you saw Steve Olson or talked to him? Oh, at a Skateboard Hall of Fame thing, probably. I haven't been in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, he's a great guy. I know him from slalom racing, and I know him from back in the day skating. Yeah. Him and David Hackett palled around and would show up and race slalom and they were also you know the pool guys but they'd show up to race um because they love to race and they're great racers um but i just think that all of them that are still like even tony's still riding and you know the fact that he's still riding it's just amazing it's amazing because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's not the thing about it is it's not an easy sport it hurts to fall on the cement yeah right know? true um so it's not like a sport that's a little easier on you, like golf or, you know, <laughs> I'm not to say that guys get injured doing that. I sure. get that. Sure. But then also, you know, or tennis, you know, like sometimes I feel like I really blew it not going for like one of those sports because that's had some serious money, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, there was such a magical joy to being able to doing it. Yes. And being in the moment of it and growing yes. with it. Yes. Like when the urethane wheel came out, the sport really grew really fast. Yeah. And so in the 10 years that I did it, it's amazing to see how, what equipment is like now and how good it is. And yeah. Why everybody's a great skater. And, it's, and then the fact that even when I watch things that the young guys are doing, which is, it's just amazing. It's insane. Like you watch Elliot Sloan do the big transfer pipes at X games where he's jumping gaps. Like you're like, like, how did you even think of doing that in your mind? Oh, I'm going to go do this hundred <laughs> foot gap going vertical or yeah. horizontal. And you're like, what? Yeah. Like why? But you, but you did that too because when you were riding and when you were a pro, you guys were doing things that were had not been made up yet. Tennis was already there, but skateboarding was still being invented. Yeah, and that I have to say, riding that wave, that was very addictive in in my ten years of skating. That's what really kept me going. Mm -hmm. was to see what was around the corner with this design or that wheel or how fast is that bearing going to be, you know? And, mm -hmm. oh, how yeah. about if the truck's like this? And, you know, right. um, so in that respect, it was super, super fun. And that really kept you, kept me intrigued in it for, I mean, I did it for like 10 years. That was a long time. Yeah. To do, yeah. you know, a pretty radical sport. I, I, you know, I have a lot of respect for any woman that wants to do it. Because yeah. it's not an easy sport. And I don't care what anybody says. To get good, you're going to pay your dues. Oh, you course. are going to eat your lunch on the cement more than once. Of course. It's right. just the nature of it. So, yeah. it's like I see these little teeny kids. Like when I didn't went to the girls' event, I was amazed at how many little, tiny little kids were just thrusted into it. You're like, here you go! <laughs> 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 and I was like, oh, oh my God, you're gonna, and I got kind of scared. Like, I, 
okay, I walked up to the half pipe and I have a friend who has a little girl who's a skater. Yeah. She's um, adorable. And um, her dad's name is Danny Yarborough. I used to skateboard with him. Okay. Well, his wife is Japanese and they have a little girl named Joey. Jojo, we call her. She's mm -hmm. a phenomenal little skater. Mm -hmm. She's super cute. <laughs> and she's super tiny. So I go to the skate event and I'm walking around with Weaver. Yeah. And there's this rinky dink ladder to the top of that half pipe, which yeah. is pretty high, right? Yeah, I was and on top I was on top of that half pipe when you were there. Right? So yeah, I was up there. Jojo yeah. and she's yeah. like trying to go up this rinky dink ladder. I look over at Weaver and Weaver looks at me and I'm like, Are you scared? I think you should be I'm scared to watch you walk that ladder. And he and Greg looked at me and said, Now if that was my daughter, I wouldn't allow her on the ladder. That's crazy. Going up there at all. So Greg <laughs> kind of walks off. So I watch her get to the top of the half pipe. She hasn't ridden it yet. Yeah. So her mom's kind of egging her on, and I'm kind of like getting nervous, having like palpitations. I'm at the <laughs> bottom. So I look up and I go, Okay, JoJo. I go, Listen, just focus, okay? Don't think about anything. Just focus on what you're doing. Yeah. So she puts her board on the top and she drops. She Free falls halfway down and does a face plant in the bottom of the bin. Oh. And gets a bloody lip and a bloody nose. And I'm sitting there. I grab her in my arms and rip her helmet off. And I look oh, at her. Yeah. And so she looks in my eyes. I look in her eyes. And we're having contact. She's totally current. I go, yeah, okay. And she yeah. goes, yeah. I go, you kind of have a boo-boo on your lip. Yeah. She goes, I do. I go, I don't think you're ready to do that yet. We kind of go to a smaller pipe first. <laughs> Because <laughs> I was so I was like shaking, right? Yeah. So mom comes over and she starts crying as she as soon as she sees mom. So I hand her to mom. Sure. I walk away. I was so rattled. I was like, oh my god, she's gonna kill herself a little thing, and she's just little thing. Yeah. I was like, how old are you? What are you doing up there? I was like, oh my god. <laughs> so I left. I saw Greg later, and he goes, oh my god, I heard JoJo fell on that pipe. I go, Greg. Yeah, I'm glad you walked away. I go, that freaked me out. I go, I, I actually left after that because okay. it just was too much. I was like, oh, my God. Right, right. Most of the time, they know how to do that. I believe that's Tony Hawk's, one of his portable pipes. And uh, so you're well, talking about, anyway, the next yeah. year, she did it, and she made it. Yeah. And they posted the video, so I went on there and thanked her, and I said, good job, JoJo. But I was like, oh, my God. I don't think I want my little girl doing this. I just wouldn't. I just, yeah, I was like, oh, no, I don't. I just take her surfing. She's, JoJo surfs, too, so. Okay. But, yeah, I don't know. You know, parents are so, I don't know. The yeah. It seems like the parents want it more than the kids. And I'm sometimes. Like, oh my God, sometimes it seems like that. Doing? Yeah. There's that. There's that part. Because I remember with my son, I never pushed, uh, you know, I just let him gravitate towards things. Right. And then whatever he kind of was interested in, then I'd support him in it. But I didn't make him, you know, like he didn't skate for a long time. He really, because I was a skateboarder, he had seen pictures and stuff and heard things. Yeah. But his really, his thing was, his whole little niche was he was quite a phenomenal little guy in the water when he was little, right? So, right. And he it gradually grew on him skateboarding, and he's a good little skater. He surf skates really great. Um, mm -hmm. 
But it's just, you know, they find their own little niche anyway. And it's the best way to, you want to seek it out for yourself. I mean, we did the whole competitive thing. and the, Well, even before surfing, he did martial arts for years. Yeah. And then we got to surfing and he did those NSSAs. Talk about expenses. Oh, my God. Yes. I look yeah. back at all the money I spent and I was like, I kind of put you through a university and you didn't <laughs> want to go to university. Yeah. yeah. No, that's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah. But um, anyway. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, you know, thank you so much. Girls nowadays, I, I think the opportunities for girls nowadays are much more better than they were for me. I mean, I think there's, you know, I hear stories about that girl rides for Nike, Lacey, she makes really good money. I yeah. Mean, Lizzie rides, makes money from bands. So there's some people that are doing really well with it. Yeah, that's true. And that's so great because. I think that opportunity is always going to be there. But like I said, it's short-lived, like with the women. Like I said, women grow up and move on and start families and things, you know. So it's yeah. different for girls, you know. That's true. That's true. Bi biology happens. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But it is pretty wild to see what they're doing nowadays. I mean, it's just crazy. Right. I was watching how... Uh, Guy Brown has been, you know, when they were showing videos of her going to Tony Hawk's ramp. Yeah. And she, the first few videos showing her trying to, uh, to skate, make the gap. Right. And so she made that, which was wicked. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and then she started doing the flipping 360 thing off the car. And I was like, oh my God, this little girl is amazing. She's just amazing. She really I'm is. like, oh my God. Yeah. She really is. She's you know, the thing about her is she, every once in a while, you know, you get these children that are so talented. And um, I'm curious to see where she's going to be in 10 years. But um, I yeah. think that with her, she has so many avenues going for her. Uh, you know, the dancing she did was phenomenal. Right. Um, the skating, the surfing. You know, I'm pretty sure she's done a little bit of modeling with Nike. So, I mean, she's really the whole, she's got a lot going on. Amazing to have that level of employment at that age. Yeah, I mean, I'm really amazed that how well, I mean, she's traveling everywhere. I mean, her parents are really, really serious soccer coach kind of parents. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> you know, but um, more power to her. I mean, she's um, really, it's really, she's carried it all herself. Um, the thing about it is, they're so young still, um, and it's still just really fun, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like a job. Yeah. I think that once it becomes more like work and a job, then it'll become different. Yep, I agree. In its own form, however that may be. Right. But, you know, there are people in this world that, you know, are skateboarders and stay that way their whole life. I mean, Jay Adams lived and died it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Although I didn't really, <clears throat> you know, there's a whole thing with the Dogtown guys and San Diego skaters. Yeah. Um, yeah, that goes pretty deep. Because um, we had boys here shredding the pools, doing things that Jay and Tony hadn't even done yet. So, yes, yes, right. 
I mean, they showed up to see the Kona Bowl and skate with the boys out in the, in the Kona Skate Bowl. And there's a guy around the corner who lives from me. His name's Jim Sigurdsson, and he's, we call him Ziggy. He blew Tony and Jay's doors off, and Tony and Jay wouldn't even drop in the pool. They left. Really? <laughs> they were so blown out. Yeah, because the boys just blew them out. And uh, they still laugh about it. To hear them talk about it, it's pretty quite hysterical. Yeah. That's cool. I love those kind of stories because I've always felt that that skateboarding had to be bigger than Skateboard Magazine. People had to be doing things on Skateboarding sk was bigger than Dogtown. Right. And not everybody wanted to live that lifestyle either. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a little harsh and it's a little like, okay, you know, um... I don't know. It's kind of like I look at Dwayne Peters, and he was so handsome when he was young and long-haired, surfer boy. He was adorable. Gorgeous, right? Yeah. And to see him now, it's frightening to look at him. It's scary, actually. Hmm. Like, I don't know what's going to come out of his mouth when I see him. And usually, he's very nice to me and very respectable. Yeah. But sometimes I get nervous around him because I'm like, God, is he going to go the hard way on me, and then I'm going to have to tell him to shut up because I don't really believe in it yeah. or am I just going to have to just not say anything and walk away <laughs> and Dwayne knows better than this you know he's a he's he's a trip I don't know how he's still alive and walking to be yeah. honest with you yeah um yeah but a great skater yeah I, you know another one that's gonna live and die by the skateboard but yeah. I don't know. I don't really believe in some of the hardcore stuff that they put on skateboarding. It just didn't need to be in skateboarding. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. kind of how we all were feeling down here in San Diego. It was kind of like, you know what? Let's just cut the horse shit and just skate. Like, why? Who cares about all that crap? You're talking about, like, lifestyle? <laughs> Yeah, lifestyles, and they're, they did some heavy drugs, and then they were like, really, the, you know, we're the where's everything we're this we're the inventors we're that and we're like no you're not <laughs> we don't <laughs> want to talk to us because we're like no you're not <laughs> that's right we'll call them on their shit you know yeah we're that's right you know yeah what? you guys are so shit but anyway you know it that actually in its own it metamorphed into its own life and lifestyle and yeah I guess it's okay, especially if you're a guy in your 20s. It's cool, you know. But um, I don't know. I just, um, like I said, I think I look, the only one who's really, it, who's amazing through all of that and who's really a great mind is Stacy Peralta. Now, mm -hmm. that guy who's who I had a lot of props for. Mm -hmm. The guy was really smart and didn't really follow in the footsteps of Jay and Tony, you know. That's true. Um, right. Really bright guy. Really talented. Great skater. Super fun to skate with. Oh God, he was great. Did you uh, know? Did you know back then? I, I only met him once back back in '78 or so. Did you know uh -huh. that he was going to do something different than everyone else back then? Yeah, you know, Stacy was destined that way just because Stacy was like he was a quiet mind, but you knew in that quiet him he would be in a quiet space and you'd look at him you knew that he was very smart yeah you could feel that i got that and too. he was gonna go places in other avenues that was 
really obvious to me. Yeah. Because he had a lot of talent in a lot of areas of his life. It's like I, when I heard the first story, I heard a story about his son dying, and it really, I don't normally get emotional, but that really hit me hard. I just felt really sorry for him. Yeah. And I thought, geez, you know, I could never go through that. Like, yeah. lose my son like that. Yeah. And um, his son was a brilliant musician. Yes, I know. I Jazz musician. I've seen yeah. a video of it, and yeah. it's phenomenal. Yeah. So... You know, that's the thing. Stacy's doing phenomenal, has done phenomenal film. I love his film projects he does. Right. Um, and he's just always just such a stand up, great guy, great manners. He's got, you know, I mean, he's just a stand up, great character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, I knew the minute I met him, I, I just, you have a sense of, right away knew that Stacy was really smart. Yeah, he was different. He, he didn't even have to say anything to you. He no. just could feel, you know. Yeah, he could I agree. Yeah, he had He's a thing. He's very different in that way. Um, yeah, really, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, but anyway, I mean, there's so many good characters. This is like Steve Olsen and David Hackett, you know, like the two of them. Are two of the biggest egomaniacs you'll ever meet in your life. <laughs> I did a podcast with Steve Olson a couple weeks ago. I saw that. I got to go back and listen to it. He was so but funny. I, um, exactly what you think he'd be. Because you kind of, there are people that are really turned off by that, but they're two of the biggest egomaniacs I know that can back their talk up. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I used to see him show up at slalom races. And they'd be in black leather and smoking cigars, and they'd walk up and go, yeah, we're here to beat all of your asses. looking at them going, I be careful, you're not young, you know, you might not win. And they're all shut up, Kim, and then they'd go win. So then I was like, okay, funny. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. There is a lot of egomaniacs in skateboarding. I guess maybe there is in all sports with men, but... Uh, the swagger, like you, when you used to see like Bobby Piercy strutting up and down the slalom course, literally talking shit and backing it up. It was crazy. You were like, <laughs> oh my God. Bobby per Piercy was a very colorful soul. His right. father was from the Hells Angels. He lived a very radical life. Um, <laughs> he was crazy. Bobby <laughs> Piercy. Oh my God. We were like, I remember when we were at the first Catalina race, and what happened was, uh, the Saturday night, the first day of racing, everybody was partying in the motel, a hotel, so you go to room to room to room. Right. And I remember Bob, me and all the girls were in one room, me, Laura Thornhill, all of us girls were hanging in one room. Yeah. Well, the boys decided, they're going to come knock on our door, let's go see what the girls are up to. They're sure. holding it there. We know the girls got all the party shit. Let's go over there, right? <laughs> so we like cracked the door open with the crane and chain on it. We're like, what do you want? Come on, let us in. I remember Bobby Piercy and Tommy Ryan trying to talk for sweet shit to us, trying to open the door. And we're like, no, we don't want you guys in here. Why? Come on. We're like, no. Where's all your 14-year-old girlfriends? Go find them. <laughs> Bobby was like, shut up. We're all, well, what happened to them? You have like three of them. Where'd they go? 
like, did they have to go home to mommy? And so he stormed off. And then there was like, yeah, so it was funny. They were trying to get in there. And they were like, no, we don't want anything to do with you stinky boys. Anyway, um, they're funny. That Catalina race was, that weekend was so much fun. Were the women the same? I mean, I can't believe that the women weren't at least um, competitive. We were the same competitive-wise, but our courses were a lot easier. They made them easier for the women. They mm -hmm. weren't as crazy as the men's. But I mean, with each other. But I'll never forget, Holy yeah. Skateboards rented a helicopter from Costa Mesa to fly us into Catalina. Wow. And I remember, I think I was with Ed Nallen, me, Mike Weed, anyway... We show up to get on this helicopter. I think it was out of like John Wayne Airport. It's completely yep. clear and plexiglass, right? Right. So I'm a little nervous because I don't like to fly anyway. Well, there's a gnarly storm, like wind and rain kicking up and a storm's coming in. And so we're on the tarmac. <laughs> we're going to get on this bird. And I look at and I started getting really bad juju vibes. And I was like, you know, I don't think I want to get on this bird. <laughs> and they're like, Tim, you need to get on. We need to go. We got to check in the hotel. Blah, 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 blah. We got to get there, right? And yeah. I don't want to get on this thing. So I remember arguing with, I think it was Bob Schoolberg, because I think we had to do like two runs on the helicopter to get everybody there, right? Yeah. So anyway, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm telling, and finally, and I think Bobby's blowing his top at me, get on the fucking helicopter. <laughs> so <laughs> I get on the helicopter, and we're literally coming into Catalina was so hairball, and the thing's getting blown all over the place, and I'm like <laughs> holding on for dear life, and yeah. we're all white knuckling it all the way in there. Wow. When we landed, I just looked at the boys, and I was like, I'm not fucking getting on that thing again <laughs> taking a boat back i don't care how i get back to the mainland i'm getting on a boat i'm not yeah. getting on that again oh that was the scariest thing i never thought it was going to touch down that was gnarly that wow was crazy. you guys were like rock stars yeah you know i went to uh i think one of my favorite fun trips was i was sponsored by nike and coca-cola and i went with greg weaver and rodney jesse and we flew to japan and I actually, and we did, we ran the very first skateboard contest ever in Tokyo. Mm. And we got flown in and we were on the judging panel. So they had all these top athletes from Japan on the judging table. So you had your world figure skating gold medalist, right? right. So anyway, I get shuttled down to my seat and guess who they sit me next to? The mm. man who skied Everest on, um... The Japanese man who skied Everest, and he was on the ABC Wild World Sports where he falls. Oh, yeah. On like, I don't know, 100 miles an hour, and he finally yeah. stopped right before going off a glacier. That dude? So, anyway, I'm standing there talking to him, and, he, and of uh, all the men in Japan, he's like six foot four. He's the tallest Japanese man I ever saw. Wow. So, that right there throws me because I'm like, whoa, and he's incredibly handsome. And he knows like eight languages. So he sits down to me and he starts talking to me, very articulate. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm sitting <laughs> next to men who skied Everest. Do you guys know who this guy is? And they're like, nobody got it, right? So I'm like, oh my God. So I look at him and I, he shakes hands with me, introduces him. And so I said to him, I said, you know, I got one question for you. He goes, yes. What is that? I said, you know, when you fell, when you were skating Everest, I mean, skiing Everest, 
do you remember that? He goes, mm. no, I don't remember any of it. It was a blur. Mm. And I was like, did you realize if you would have gone another like 20 feet, you would have been dead. Yeah. You would have gone off the edge of the glacier. Yeah. And he goes, no, I did not know that. I was like, oh my God. Wow. Yeah. So wow. I got to sit next to him on the, he was one of the judges on my table. We what a trip. Number, uh, and we did freestyle. We judged the freestyle. It was really fun to meet him. And I had his autograph for years somewhere in a box. I don't know if I still have it. Who was writing, who was writing that contest? It was all Japanese skaters. And it was right when, you know, actually they were just starting to get into skateboarding. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So it was pretty new and fresh. A lot of them barely could skate. Yeah. The routines were, were kind of kind of, you know, not very good compared yeah. to all of us. Um, but they were just really stoked and pumped on skateboarding, just so excited about it. Right. Um, I don't know. I, uh, I went to Japan. I've been back a couple other times. My ex-husband made calendars for these pro teams that we did sandcastle okay. tournaments. So I okay. went to a couple different islands in Japan and I've had a ball every time I've gone to Japan. Just yeah. like gas. That's cool. I like Japan. I've had a lot of fun in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's really taken off and getting really big there right now. We got a young Japanese girl that just made the world tour for the women's surfing. Yeah. This would have been her maiden year, her first year, her rookie year, but um, she has nobody's all the contests have been canceled. So we haven't right. seen her surf yet. Right, right, yeah. Well, that's funny that you guys did that first ever skate contest in Japan, and now, you know, the Olympics are going to be in Japan, and skateboarding is going to be in the Olympics. And what do you think about that? You know, I think it's really awesome. I do. I really think that any time you take it on a level of the Olympics and the international board where everybody, every country in the world has an opportunity to compete against you, that's just huge. That's, you know, not everybody gets to do that. Yeah. I would love to be like, I don't know what you call it, but I don't know. It would be really fun to be involved in it on some level, like even a chaperone or something for the teams or something. Right. But, right. Um, I'm not really that connected in skateboarding now. And, you know, like most people don't, most kids my age nowadays don't even know my generation. So, but I think it'd be really fun. I mean, I, I think also it'd be super fun to go watch. Yeah. You know? It'd be pretty heavy I to mean, see. I you mean, when the X Games and stuff comes on the TV, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love watching it. All of it—the snow one, the skating one—I like them all. It's. A, I think it's kind of cool. I mean, it'd be heavy to see somebody like you in Japan, you know, at the women's skateboarding contest because of how far that sport has come. You know, I mean, it's really funny though, you know, to be honest with you, because I'm not that connected in it and yeah. like the generation of girls now don't even know who I am. Mm -hmm. I went to a couple women's events locally and I just was like a wallflower. I didn't get a lot of response from people at all. So well, you I said that you didn't, you weren't really into, you didn't really, you weren't really flamboyant, right? You weren't really the type that. No, I'm not. But there was a woman, what's her name? She was kind of started these skate events here in Encinitas. And oh, you're talking about Amelia? 
Uh, no, not her. I met her because a friend of mine who skates and surfs still introduced me to her because he judges Aaron Astorga. Okay. I know Aaron, and Aaron was a little grom when I used to skate at Del Mar Skate Ramp, so that's how I know Aaron. But I yeah. also see Aaron surfing sometimes in the water. But I, I don't know. I just um, I didn't get any kind of connection from anybody, and I, nobody really seemed to really... There's not a real opportunity or need for somebody like me. So I felt like there was another girl who was running it before Amelia. And I tried to touch base with her and we bumped heads really bad. And I told mm. her and I didn't like her at all. I didn't think she was good for skating, women skating at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But she's kind of running the whole thing when they first started at like the women's contest. were really at like the YMCA. What's her name? Is that Leslie? No, not her. I think it goes way back, and I don't even think she's involved in it anymore. But, um, I mean, I would love to be able to, you know, the thing is, here's the thing about skateboarding. It's an individual sport, right? Yeah. It's not really a team concept sport where yeah. you have coaches and you have trainers and you all that stuff, right? right? Like when you see the Olympics at like gymnastics and on the world level, they, you have all those kind of people in the background. Skateboarders don't really like that. It's more of an individual, just you showing up. Yeah. So that's why probably most likely that there isn't a need for somebody. I think the only way it might come across that might be workable is like doing commentating or something, you know, at some of the events. But then again, a lot of the people that are doing the commentating are people that are younger and more up with the sport. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a job. I mean, the people that do those jobs are the people that are in that industry. You know, it's, it's a, it, yeah. I, I just think that you're important because historically, I mean, you were an important part of skateboarding, not just female or women skateboarding, but skateboarding. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And yeah, you know, there are people like you that think that. I just think that, for instance, like, I really thought that, okay, for instance, I did a Vogue magazine article thing that happened a couple of years ago, but it was mainly geared more towards the girls that are skating now. Yeah. But I did get, I did get involved in the project and was part of it, and so was Laura Thornhill, and that's how I got connected to it through Laura. Yeah. Well, when it was all said and done and I saw the actual finished article, I was horrified because it was all about gay women and skateboarding. Freaked me out because I didn't even know that the way it was going. Yeah. And if I had known, to be honest with you, I would have declined. Right. But it came out, so it put me in that whole aura, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not even gay. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. I started looking at the article, and I went, oh, no. You didn't know, so you didn't know that when you signed on for that. No, I had no idea, and that freaked me out, blew me out of the water. And then I thought for sure I would have had a little more opportunities maybe come my way through Vogue, right? Yeah. And nothing was developed. I think mostly what I was horrified mostly was that I was put in that category, and I don't endorse that at all. So I was like, oh, shit. Now I'm not going to say publicly that I don't endorse it because it's my own personal belief and what I choose. Right. But I had no idea that's the way the article was really going. Yeah. Because when yeah. I went back and looked at the finished product, I was like, oh, wow. 
<laughs> I was like, it's okay, but I think maybe I shouldn't have done this. Right, there was nothing have... I could do. It was already done. And I'm yeah. Like, okay, well. Well, that's too bad that you didn't have the ability to to know what you're getting into. Um, I just mean that I'm a skateboarder and I love skateboarding. And I, I remember the days when you were there and, and, uh, you know, you were, you were, you were a legendary skateboarder. I mean, you, and you are part of what, you know, is, is going on now because, you know, you were one of the founders. Um, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it couldn't have happened without you or some other famous, skater but you guys were there i mean you guys were a part of that yeah well you know i think really also the gap is that it's different for women men had more opportunities to be honest with you you know i mean actually um three years ago my brother um my brother who taught me how to skate had is a great art artistic person right yeah and he's always dreamed of doing um a skateboard line of me on t-shirts mm -hmm. and he does phenomenal artwork blah 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 yeah. He's been bugging me for years, and I kept telling him, brother, I love that you think about this, that this would be cool, but I don't think it's a moneymaker. It's just not going to fly. And I kept telling him that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we came, he, did, he did it. He put all his money into it. He got a website, a patent, put a name on it, designed a full-on line, because that's what he does in his real life. He designs clothing, licensing yeah. clothing material, right? He's very big in that way. He works with very big companies and does that. Yeah. Well, so we did a little company, put it online, and we got a lot of people that looked at it, but nobody really bought anything. Mm -hmm. And we had a great line of T-shirts, and it was actually me and Greg Weaver. And um, wow. so we tried it, and the problem was, you know, the money, the marketing, and he has a real job. Well, it was fine to keep dumping money into it, but nobody was buying anything. Right. Right. So basically, the great idea, and I find, and I kept telling my brother, I go, look, it's, I this skateboard T-shirts. I thought, oh, they were great, right? Not, but really nice designs and color, you know, artwork yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but they just didn't take off. We didn't sell hardly any, and we actually closed the company a few months back. Mm. We just, we didn't even. He didn't even break even on, you know, getting the um, patent, copyrights, or whatever the hell he was doing. And, right. But then his work got really kind of complicated and busy, and then, yeah, and then it just didn't take off. It was a great. So it's also, that's another thing that's funny about skateboarding. It's just um, who the flavor is of the month. It yeah. changes. It's yeah. very short-lived. Compared to when in the 70s, I was working with Popular, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In the 70s, Hobie, you know, there's multi-million dollar companies. They were huge. Right. Uh, and there's just so few of them are that you know what I mean? Maybe Tony Hawk and uh, um, Mike has his little niche here in town, his little skate shop. Mm -hmm. um, he's good for himself steve caballero does his own thing and seems to make make you know good money so i think the guys are better off and they are you know making money than than the girls that's always been that way though i think because skateboarding is an individual sport it um puts boundaries on it in certain ways 
Um, how so? Like, what kind of boundaries? Well, I think that with women, women aren't going to make as much money as the men, period. Okay. It's a man's world. It's, uh, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, coming up when I was skating, it wasn't a woman's place to be skating, number one. And you needed to know your place. And you needed to understand that it was a man's world, period. That's the way it was. I mean, it really, for me, as a young girl, I mean, that's how I was brought up. It's old school and a long time ago. But, yeah. Um, and then the fact you get into it on another level and supposedly unprofessional, but yet, you know, guys are making way tons of more, more, more money than I ever made. You know what I mean? I didn't really make that much money. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Not really. Considering right. how much time and I was a quote professional surfer, I mean skateboarder, and right. yeah, I was making you know three hundred dollars a month from Hobie. I mean, yeah. the guys were making way more. You know, like people, certain people made a lot more money, like Tony Alva and Jay Adams, and you know, right. everybody had. You know, it's it's uh, you know, it's actually pretty wild. Tony, I know Tony. I'm very close with the Logan Erski family. I know all them. Tony's done really well, and yeah. it's amazing that he's still skating and still, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. It is crazy. I mean, who thought... But I don't of, think, you know, I don't think Tony was really as extreme as, like, Jay was. Right. Say, like, in drinking and drugging, you know what I mean? Oh, I mean, okay. Tony, Tony did, but he wasn't as extreme as Jay. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. So that's probably one of the main reasons why Jay had a bloody heart attack at a young age. I mean, really, the, you can't do that stuff. It's all cumulative, you know? It catches up to you. Yep. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We're at the I age remember age having friends that. in the 80s partying, and they do things, and I'd tell them, you know, look, you, what, you really shouldn't be doing this. Right. Anyway. No, it's true. It's true. You only have so many... Uh, so many miles. Yeah. But I think that women's skating is always going to be there on some level. And I think that there's a select few of them that are making money from it, but not all of them, you know? Right. Um, I just think maybe, and it's always been that, even when I was skating, the girls just didn't make that much money. But, I mean... Laura Thornhill always got a lot of action, way more than me and Robin say. Okay. She was more. She was. Uh, she was. She's to this day. She's like that. She's really good at networking. She's really good at talking to people. She just mm-hmm. has that in her. You mm-hmm. know. Um, she's always been that way. So she's a go getter in that sense. And. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, but I think yeah. that, you know, there's a select few that are making money, not a lot. Like Lacey Baker's probably doing okay. Lizzie Armato is. But there's just, um, you know, you could probably count them all on one hand. I mean, that are probably. actually actually living like that is their only job. Like they don't have a side job or anything, you know what I mean? Right, right. That's probably true. I mean, when I left skateboarding, I just went to work full time. <laughs> right. You know? Sure. Yeah. I, mean, I didn't really, and I was even working part time too. Sometimes on the side on the weekend. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I think the opportunities are much more golden for women nowadays. I think there's more, mo- there's bigger money amounts and things available. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. But it's like, you know, I look at like, okay, so I did an article for Vogue magazine. Ooh, everybody goes, oh, wow, Vogue. And I'm like, BFD, I can make a bloody dive off it. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, well. And then I don't know how many times people contact me and say, hey, I put you in my book. And I'll go get the book and I open it. I've never even seen the photograph. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's nice. That's so cool. <laughs> You know, that's you were, happened to me like three or four times. I mean, I'm like always oh, getting a book in the mail. Oh, look at this! I'm like, oh wow, who took that? <laughs> it's like when Larry Bala brought out his book for Tracker Trucks, and I yeah. love Larry. Who's I used to rent from him back in the '70s. But like the photo he put in there of me, the full page black and white, yeah. is one of my all time favorite photos. I don't even own it. <laughs> I don't even know who took it. Right. But I love the photo. It's such a great photo. I'm like, where did you get that? I Why don't do you, know. I don't remember, Kim. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, but that yeah, happens I, to I, photographers, too. We, some people, sometimes people use our stuff, and we don't get paid either. Yeah, 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 I bet. Yeah. Well, but, you know, I was very fortunate, actually. The one cool thing about that whole Vogue thing was that I got to work with Artie, sorry, Arto, Arto, and he's really, I was so impressed by him and who he is and mm -hmm. what he's done for skateboarding. Right. And what a talented photographer, really. Mm -hmm. It was such a joy to work with him and his team. They were just top-notch. They were awesome. And really how I came to do that was that Aussie, Osmond um, said, you know, they were throwing it around going, okay, we need to get a girl. Who could we get? And they were bringing up Lizzie's name and this and that. And then Ozzy's like, no, no, you need the real deal from back in the day. And he's like, well, who would that be? And then he threw my name in there. Yeah. And that's the only reason I got to work with Ard Ardo. And I, it was a real fun thing to do. He is a class act. That guy's really, really talented and the pictures i've seen of him too he was a phenomenal skateboarder um yeah you know i might not be skating so much now he lives over in hawaii and stuff but yeah, yeah really neat guy the thing you know i i heard from i can't say who it was but it was a very famous published photographer that i heard that you were one of the three girls from back in the day that could actually skate that was what i was told wow that's and, an awesome compliment. Yeah. It really is. That's what I heard. And, but, you know, back in the day, you have to understand that um, there wasn't that many girls. I mean, first of all, skateboarding, like, like well, for instance, in Northern California, people just didn't even do, like, outside sports. It was kind of funny. It's cold and gray and rainy, yeah. you know? Yeah. So a lot of people, and then a lot of people, too, that I know, they just weren't athletic. So the fact that I just stumbled into it, and really the only reason I was in it, was the joy of the art form of surfing on a skateboard. Right. I really thought I really was, I was like, I'm going surfing on this thing. I'm like, can't right. get to the beach? Well, then this is the next best thing. So that's really what it was. I know. I know for a lot of the surfer skaters, that's, it was second to surfing. Skateboarding was second to surfing. Yeah. I mean, for, I mean, I'm just really lucky. Like, you know, the first time I went surfing, I was like, I was like, so like, that's all I could think about. Yeah. 
You're still noon and night. I mean, I slept, I dreamed it. I some, I have dreams today from when I lived in Kauai and surfed a couple misto private secret spots, being in the barrel and looking out. And I had that dream yeah. every every once in a while. And I'm like, God, I got to get back there. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. But um, that's a real compliment on the photographer. I I um, you know, because I'm very. I'm pretty reclusive too at the same time. I don't, you know, I've gone to the skateboarding hall of fame. Well, of course I won in 2017 and then I went the following year and then I haven't been back. Cause I find the thing a little too overwhelming. It's like masses of people. Yeah. It's really super, super ego stroking. <laughs> people sure. talking to you and know all about you and you don't know who they are. And I can't remember <laughs> That's got to be kind of weird. Yeah. Oh my God, you know, I don't want to go to this thing and it's a rush. And I think once they moved it from Anaheim, I have no desire to go to downtown LA whatsoever. <laughs> I'm a San Diego girl. We all down here don't like LA. We're like, nope, nope, we're good down here. <laughs> Even though down here has become like LA now, it's gotten really crowded and stuff. But yeah. Um, I'm hoping that I think this year the Skateboarding Hall of Fame has actually, you know, been hasn't scheduled because of the COVID thing. But yeah, right. Think they're going to have it locally, like like closer, like more like Long Beach or something. I'm hoping because I'd rather go to Long Beach than go to LA any day. I'm like, right. well, my whole thing is to just stay close to the ocean and you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ken. Well, listen, you know what? I'll text you those photos, and it's okay. a real pleasure to talk to you, Ken. You know, yeah. I've seen you in a couple places on social media, and I like what I see. And I'll have to thank Glenn. Glenn Miyota is just the nicest guy. I mean, a great photographer as well. Right. And, um, right. I'm glad you guys know each other and you're in the whole, you know, in the uh, circle of life together. Yes. It's really awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you as well, Kim. Uh, and I'll be looking for those photos. Okay. I'll just text them to you. I, I mean, I'll try to just grab them off the Instagram. And, That's like, perfect. Them That's okay? perfect. Yeah. Have a good All right. one. Hey, thanks so much. Listen, have a great day and uh, stay well. You too. I'll, I'll talk okay. to you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye.